Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Liam the Prove-It Guy, author of Limitation is a Mirage. In this podcast, I will be sharing with you actionable tips, routines and insights that I have gathered over 20 years of extensive study with masters, experts and world-class performers. My hope with this podcast is to save you time, money and frustration, helping you fast track your way to mastery. Hey guys, welcome to this bonus episode of the Limitation is a Mirage podcast. On this episode, I have Master Ian Armstrong. So me and Ian go way back. I think it's about 20 years or slightly more that I first contacted him. So you have repeatedly heard me tell the story about I found a magazine and I just rang a boy's number on the back of it. That's who it was. I ended up moving over to England and, and studying, traveling back and forward. So in this podcast, we talk about my first grading and where that was. We talk about where he was and where he's got to and where he, where he is now and where he wants to go, what I do with the martial arts. So we, like I always say, I don't try to make, I don't try to keep my skills in the bubble. I try to expand it to every area of my life. So I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you have any questions, you want to reach out to me or Ian, then feel free to do that. And I will chat to you again soon. Hey guys, welcome to this bonus episode of the Limitation is a Mirage podcast. Today I am here with Master Ian Armstrong. So I worked with Ian or trained under Ian about 20 years ago we started. Um, I traveled back and forward to London for about five years before moving over as one of the instructors. Um, before I get into all of my training with you, do you want to give a wee brief um, bio of who you are? Yeah. Uh, there you go. So I'm a Kung Fu master and it uh, sounds a funny sort of term. But uh, I'm kind of head of a fairly big Kung Fu family. Nam Yang is uh, a, a very old Kung Fu family, uh, which traces its lineage right back to the Shaolin Temple in China via uh, an association in Singapore. Nam Yang was set up in Singapore in 1954. And I've been training Kung Fu now for 39 years and teaching for 33 years. And about 12 years ago, I set up the Kung Fu retreat in Thailand. So it was the world's first Kung Fu retreat. And we got a, a kind of full-time residential Kung Fu training center here in the, the mountains in the very northwest of Thailand in the most remote province. And yeah, it's pretty much what we do. We, we kind of live Kung Fu, train Kung Fu, talk Kung Fu, uh, right out in the mountains. That's, yeah, that's about it. Brilliant. Uh, a few things I want to jump on there. Uh, the last point you said about how you you live Kung Fu. That, that For me, whenever I lived over in England with you, and people used to say to me, what do you get up to today? And I'm like, we did some Kung Fu. I'm like, what else did you do? I'm like, nothing. We don't do anything. We just, that's like whenever, I think when you get into that sort of art, that's what you, you want to do. And it's one of the, if I go right back to when I started with you, that came about because I found a magazine. So used to be, just, I, I don't see many Kung Fu magazines about anymore, but used to be in 
all of the main UK ones. And like, I tell the story of I was working in a shop with no prospects, no plans, and I was reading a magazine and I just seen this guy who was doing all this mad stuff and thought, I'm interested in that. And then I remember saying to people, I just phoned the number on the back. This is before we had YouTube and everything. I phoned your, basically phoned your number. We had about a 10 minute chat and three or four days later, I'm standing on your doorstep in England going, hello. Uh, so the fact that it's so family orientated, your martial art, that's what brought me, that's what brought me there and then has kept me involved for the last 20 years is use our all martial artists, like you said, you, you talk Kung Fu, you practice Kung Fu, you, you, everything is, is, everything is Kung Fu in your life. So it, it's why whenever you see me speak, I stand quite tall and, and I move quite well because I, everything that you taught me is incorporated into all my, my, my talks and things. So just as a, as a quick comeback, do you think whenever people, start to study martial arts with someone like yourself that has so long in the industry and, and has such a, a a really good lineage, like right back to the Shaolin Temple. Do you think that's why it becomes a part of their life and not just like a sport class? Uh, when somebody starts, yeah, they're very impressionable. Yeah. <laughs> And once those impressions are formed, then they usually stick with the person. So it, if you had turned up and what you had found was, okay, we got a sports Kung Fu class, you know, and it's all about have a workout, do a little bit of competition. Um, yeah, that would that would probably have stuck and that would have been your impression of Kung Fu. Would you have stuck it out? Quite possibly not. I don't uh, think so. Now we train the Kung Fu the way that our family, our lineage has always trained it. You know, I trained you the way that my teacher, Master Tom, who you, you know, uh, trained me. You join the, the group and you're part of the family. Yeah. You eat with the family, you socialize with the family. You don't come to Kung Fu and then it's okay, it's eight thirty, it's finished now, and everybody just okay. I switch off Kung Fu. Um because it's it doesn't stop with the end of the lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you are part of the group. And It's really interesting to me, and we've, we've discussed this a lot just recently. Uh, when it works like that, people stick it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Master Tan famously said to succeed in Kung Fu, you got to do two things and two things only. Start and not give up. Yeah. And every day, you get better, you get better, you continually improve. And when you're improving every day, you're succeeding. Yeah. Different people will achieve different things. They'll move in different directions. But if you're constantly progressing, you can only count 
yourself as succeeding. Uh, and the, the hard, okay, starting's hard. A lot of people mm-hmm. to make that first step, it's very intimidating. You know, it's, what am I going to, what's going to happen? What's, you know, am I going to get beaten up? You know, I'm going to get, going to get laughed at. What's going to happen? So you've got to be brave enough to take the first step. But after that, it's all about not giving up. And if you view Kung Fu as a type of exercise, you know, people give up on exercise. That is how people are wired. It's hard work and we don't like hard work. (laughs) So if there's any possible excuse not to do the hard work, we will take that up, you know. It's it's raining. I don't really want to go out today. You know, I'm a little bit tired. I need to make a phone call. Uh, I really ought to watch something on the TV. Uh, perhaps I won't train the night because I've got to look something up on Google. And any excuse. Uh, the gym industry is based around the the knowledge that people will buy membership and not use it. Yeah. Because if everybody, if every member turn up to the gym, you know they they, they, they never fit them all in. Um, but the best ones are the personal trainers. You know, um, in the days of being able to find a tutorial on anything on YouTube, why do you need a personal trainer to tell you how to exercise? Why can't you just crack on with it yourself? And the answer is that. <laughs> however well you know what to do you, you're going to be too lazy to do it the personal trainer is your conscience it's oh god they're going to be here in 10 minutes i better put my exercise stuff on i've got yeah. to get myself ready because my trainer's about to turn up oh i really wanted to do something else but i've booked them now so uh and uh, you know it's a whole industry suddenly grown up around someone else who is your conscience um, yeah the Chinese worked this out hundreds of years ago. You, you, you become part of a Kung Fu family and you keep going because of the other people and your commitment to the other members mm-hmm. and because it's a social group and you go along because you meet other people, you see other people and you build relationships and the relationships are what keeps you going because, again, we're human and humans don't like to exercise, but for humans social relationships and uh, the, the feeling that I'm part of the group, I'm a valued member of the group, massively important for us. So for those reasons, we keep it up. Yeah, it's mad that we, we're, we're quite happy to let ourselves down and not do it, even though it's physically, mentally and emotionally better for us. But if I know you're going to be there, then I know I have to show up and bring my A game and, and things like that. Uh, the just when you, whenever you were talking there about like the age of technology, we've talked about this before about how hard it was for me to train with you at the start because I live in a different country. I was traveling back and forward, and then I'd be phoning you and you'd be describing intricate movements over the phone. Uh, and we taught. I remember. I remember sitting outside the. And the grass, we used to have a Friday morning meeting and you described this 
this like magical place. And I remember leaving thinking, he just said he wants to get a mountain and put a training camp on the mountain and then live and train people from all over the world. And that was like 2006. And I remember thinking how, I think how mad I thought that was at the time. But as the years went on and I watched you progress towards that goal, I think that's what's really helped me with, maybe I should aim for for bigger goals. Can you describe sort of how you got from a Kung Fu club in the middle of London till like where you are now, like where are you now at the minute? Where, where, what? I'm, I'm in, I'm in Thailand in a little town called, or just outside a town called Bai in Mae Hong Son province, which is the, the northwesternmost province. It's Thailand's most remote province. It's full of kind of hill tribes and mountains and trees. Uh, yeah. Try to think how to cut the story down or make it too long. <laughs> uh, so here's the interesting thing that when I was working in a day job, you know, I always had this uh, idea that I would do loads more Kung Fu and be loads better at it if I was a full-time martial artist, if I didn't have to work on the day job. So when I got the martial arts center in Epsom, the south of London, uh, I was a full-time martial artist. And did I spend all day doing martial arts? No. Yeah. But more, more to the point, uh, you know, I, I used to train my students to the best of my ability. And you, you know, you were a, a classic example but I still wasn't getting the, the kind of top results that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, but you remember when we used to go to the Isle of Wight and we used to do the, the training camp for a week or two weeks. Then, yeah, we would, we would be training all day. It was up early in the morning, train, have breakfast, train, have lunch, train, have dinner, spend the whole evening talking about Kung Fu and watching Kung Fu videos. And you could see the people growing and progressing in mm -hmm. that environment. So, so okay, so you got to do this full time. So I got to open a kind of full time uh, residential instructor training centre. That was the idea. Uh, so he thought about doing it in Britain. Uh, no chance. Yeah, uh, the weather's wrong. The whole kind of economic climate is wrong the food's wrong uh the whole culture of it would be wrong there yeah and uh then i actually looked at southern spain malaga yeah you know the everything's cheaper there the weather's a lot better food is is reasonable um but we were doing pretty well in epsom at the time so mm. i just put it all on the back burner and then it was only when, at the beginning of 2006, I met uh, Boo, who is now my wife, and who is Thai, and started kind of traveling to Thailand and visiting her. That is like, uh, wait a minute, yeah. Now, here's an idea. And right, I started training Kung Fu in Thailand right back in 1992, 
with Master Tarn. We used to come here to train. And uh, the very first time I came to Thailand with him, we, we used to minibus it up from Singapore through Malaysia to Southern Thailand and mostly trained in Southern Thailand. But the first time we, we got trained right up to Chiang Mai. And we only stayed three days and I could see these kind of advertisements to trips to Mehul Son. Ah, and I would have loved to have come. It sounded great. It, might, it would have been amazing in 1982. Uh, but we never made it. I always said I'd come back one day. Um, so I'd had experience of Thailand, great country, but now it's like, okay, you know what? Now here's a chance. Suppose I did that residential center in Thailand. Economics are good. The kind of the business environment is good. It's not too kind of restrictive. Food's great. Weather's great. Uh, it's a place that people like to come. It's got great travel connections. So, whoosh, you know, we started looking around and we looked at a number of different places. But I said to Boo, before we make a decision, I want to see Mayor Hong Song. And so she came back and said, Look, I've spoken to my friends at work, and they said, If you go to Mayor Hong Song, you've got to go to buy. It's a fantastic place. So I said, well, what's great about it? Well, I don't know really, but my friends say it's great. I said, well, okay, how about this? Uh, if you can make the arrangements, we'll go to buy. So Christmas Eve, 2006, we kind of rolled up here in a minibus, having done this quite amazing journey through the mountains on a rock the just unbelievable roads of hairpin after hairpin after hairpin bend there's 762 curves on the road to buy um you know you go right up to the top of the mountain right down up again all through the forests um and i was kind of sold before we'd even got here but at that time it was uh, it was very popular with tourists and it was like you know what if we can't make it here, we'll never make it anywhere. So we quickly started looking around at pieces of land. And uh, we narrowed it down to two, two favorites. And the one, the one where we, we ended up and another one. And the crazy thing was that uh, initially I chose the other one. And this is a, it's a very interesting place where we have a very interesting piece of land. I went for the other one. I thought about it a lot, you know. So we talked to the owner and he said, right, you know, meet me at the post office tomorrow afternoon and, you know, we'll get going on the paperwork. And the next day we went down to the post office and met the guy and he said, you know what? Actually, I've changed my mind. I don't want to sell it after all. I want to keep my piece of land. So, yes, okay, back to here. Um, and it's, it's interesting, it's got a big Bodhi tree right in the middle. Uh, the Bodhi tree is the tree under which the Buddha achieved enlightenment. So it's a kind of sacred tree in Thailand. Oh. And it's got a very, very strong kind of spirit presence. Um, and in the end, you know, Boo and I both said, 
did we really choose this place or did this place choose us? And we, yeah. we kind of agreed that this place chose us. Um, and it's, it's an interesting place. You know, you've got some very, very strong spirits here. And if they don't like somebody, the person won't stick around. Yeah. Brilliant. But they like us, so we don't think we'll ever <laughs> be able to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we did question in the beginning whether we had chosen the right place because uh, it's always been very hard to get employees around here because Bai is one of those unusual places that has overemployment. Mm. There's not enough people around to, to do all the jobs. So there's always job vacancies and you have to fight to kind of attract the employees. Uh, and believe me, that's all changed since COVID. But um, initially, it's like, you know, did we pick the right place? There's water shortages in March and April. But, in, you know, after a few years, we said, yeah, you know, we did, we did get it right. Because it's a place that people like to be. People like buy. Um, so, you know, the atmosphere of school is massively important. But to get mm. the really good atmosphere in school, it's helpful to be in a, you know, a broader kind of area with a good atmosphere. Uh, people like being here, therefore they are, they're likely to come back. Uh, and yeah, it works, works well. So it's kind of just like you took what you had developed in Epsom and, and the atmosphere and the building and the people you surround yourself with and just put it in an amazing scenery and, and place and yeah. like culture and yeah. which again it sort of shows to me I always talk about um like people have said to me why did you go to England to train when there was so much around Ireland you could have done and I said it was I just went to do it the first weekend just because I thought why not I'm just going to go and see what happens but it was the atmosphere and the life like even your mum was into kung fu so every single person I met was was kung fu it wasn't like anybody outside of it so for me i was like if i want to do something i want to immerse myself in it and that's what i'm going to do exactly exactly yeah uh so there we back to the kung fu family you know it's yeah. a family when you're in you're in and you feel part of the family um and you you know keyword there immersion immerse yourself you know you wanted to be right into this and not there's not so many places that give that total immersion experience yeah so do you want kung fu as a pastime or do you want it as a way of life yeah i remember even when whenever the weekend that you came over and master tan and chung bang came over as well we uh, we went to a place called kelly's inn on the way from the airport and that's a real Gaelic football place like a lot of people, people from Ireland. I remember I remember yeah yeah and we landed it in the full kung fu gear and I had like a top knot she had had yes. top knot. Yeah. we just sat in amongst all these Gaelic people and I remember Luf was with us at the time and he hadn't been in this environment and he was like everybody's looking at you and you're like because we're awesome everybody's always looking at us yeah. because and yeah. I just love that that it crossed over so much to my day-to-day -day life. Like 
I always tell people I don't care what people think of me. I'm pretty active on social media and I get haters all the time and people will say, how do you deal yeah. with them? And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> they don't bother me. I don't care about any yeah. of that. So it crosses over, but we were talking before this now. For me, it was difficult. And now whenever I, I remember from you telling your story about like, I traveled to England, but you traveled to Singapore and Thailand for your training. Yeah. So yeah. You, uh, yeah. you went in that respect. But you've actually made it easier for people now because the, the camp's now an online camp as well. Do you want to give a wee bit of, about that? Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's something we should have done three or four years ago. Uh, and we were talking about this a lot last year. But, we, you know, the COVID as the, the really big kick up the backside, you know, we've now put the uh, Nam Yang family online. So right. we've, uh, we've set up online membership and you know, it's, it's kind of consistent with what we've been talking about. We don't say we've set up online courses or online training. Mm. You know, we've set up online membership, set up an online family. Uh, because remember, it's that human elephant element that mm. keeps you hooked in and gives you success. So, uh, as well as the, obviously the training courses, you know, we're trying to kind of put our history up there, you know, history, the philosophy, we've got profiles for the people and we've got forums for the people to kind of connect because we're trying to get people to really connect with each other and interact with mm -hmm. each other and therefore encourage each other. Uh, and that's, you know, that, I think for online training, that's the key thing that yeah. if you kind of get into the social side of it, you will continue and you'll grow because mm. it's still, it's, it's even may it's almost easier than going to a class that you decide to, oh, I can't be bothered to do it today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, since we since we set it up, we had to learn a lot about online training, and one of the things we've learned is that people drop out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but people don't drop out of social uh, social dynamic. Yeah. yeah, there's so much that people can connect to. Like we said earlier, like they can just go online and watch someone do some kung fu and learn it. Like I remember before yeah. being over with you, I was drawing out pictures that I saw Jackie Chan do and then like trying to do all yeah. this whereas you've just taken the whole like family aspect and put it online yeah. so you're, you're not just doing a course or, or yeah. signing up for yeah. a course you're signing up to be a part of something and exactly yeah yeah so, something that always stuck with me and I love the fact you're online now because I would have always said to people like if you can get to train with them you should for mm. the lifestyle mm. even if You've yeah. no interest in competing or fighting. It's the lifestyle aspect. And I remember the one of the first times I was ever in Brighton and Sam took us out to some wee nightclub and the, the dance floor was empty. There was nobody nobody about. And I, I, as you know, I'm a bit boisterous and, and center mm. of attention-y. And I remember saying to Sam, Betty, I can get through the whole Swan Young in the middle of this room before anybody interjects. So I start doing the Swan Young and then three guys come wandering towards me and I'm thinking, all right, what's going on here? And they looked at me and they were like, is that the Swan Young? And I was like, yeah. And it turned out they were from like 
one of the, I think it was the Portsmouth Club or Plymouth. It was what? Portsmouth, yeah. Portsmouth, Portsmouth, yeah. And the fact like they didn't, they'd never met me. I'm some Irish guy in the middle of Brighton. I look like I'm on my own doing this one young. (laughs) And they just joined in and we ended up, then Sam and everyone else joined in. We ended up about six of us in the middle of this club doing doing some Tai Chi. And to me, that's the bit that always sticks. I was like, Mm. Just in the like, in the middle of in my head, I was somewhere I've never been before, and don't know anybody mm-hmm. except three people that are with me. And the next thing, I'm making new friends, and we we interacted, and, and like they became, we chatted the whole way through my time over in England, and and after that mm-hmm. on Facebook and stuff. So the, the like the way you described it there, as you put the family online rather than mm-hmm. like yeah. a course or, or, and then again, people who I assume people who have joined the online stuff, have the opportunity to meet people from all over the world? Because I know now you've got clubs in different places. And Yeah. Um, I mean, at the moment, we're just kind of building it up slowly, but uh, it's already, I mean, it is a, it's a kind of global community already. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we started in Thailand, we have had people from all over the place. Uh, you know, we've actually got a club in uh, kind of the, the Urals industrial zone in Russia. I've had it for a long time. I've been out, I've been out there about five times. Um, and yeah, we've got a little, well, we had a, we, we before, before COVID hit, we had a little group in Guatemala. Um, you know, we've got people teaching in some quite uh, interesting places and you know through doing Kung Fu I've been to about 30 different countries um, and you meet some really interesting people and do some things that you'd never do yeah if it wasn't for these kind of connections you see some weird things uh, but it's you know once you're in part of that family um, yeah, you kind of welcome and doors open that would never, never open mm-hmm. otherwise. Um, and uh, yeah, you get to do some really interesting things and meet interesting people. So yeah, it always feels to me that no matter where I go in the world, I know I could make a phone call if I was stuck or lost or whatever. I could make a phone call yeah. to you and say, "Somebody, there has to be someone here." And I I have an example of that as well is, do you remember the, the time the, there was a Kung Fu club, kind of Kung Fu club in Oma? And they yeah. ended up at the yeah. Worlds in Italy. And they, they rang me and, and they were like, look, whatever happened, they didn't have their equipment. They didn't have any kit. They didn't know what they were doing or have a clue. And I was like, hold on, give me five minutes. And I hung up. And then I rang you and I was like, Ian, you're in the Worlds, aren't you? Yeah. Go and just look around for a bunch of white, really white-looking Irish fellas that look lost, and then please help them. And you were like, "Yeah, there's about thirty over there." I'm like, "Yeah, that's them." And yeah, that, you know, to be always stuck like again, because they were connected. I knew a couple of them. They were connected to me. You went over, and I think you ended up giving them pads and taught them the rules and all the stuff they should have known before. <laughs> there. Um, yeah, yeah, but. Like that's what I mean. What what you're saying there about the interesting things. I know I've done talks and loads of different places, and usually I'll 
like I'd say 99% I mentioned martial arts or I do a martial arts demo um, I might have people try to throw a punch at me or kick me or I'll do a chapstick or whatever it is and so someone will always come up and have a conversation and then you get into real you get into a lot I think better more personal conversations and like you said you get to spend time with random people you would never have spent time with because of yeah. this um like two off the top of my head is like the the original red ranger from power rangers i ended up spending about half an hour chatting to him and then he invited yeah. all the other power rangers over we ended up having a <laughs> iron shirt conversation because yeah he seen me talk about stuff and knew what i was on about and a guy manu bennett who's like was in Lord of the Rings and, and, and loads of other stuff. I ended up on stage with him doing the hacker because he knew I'd be able to handle being on stage. So whenever we, whenever I talk about martial arts, I talk about the, the family aspect and how it um, crosses over into every other aspect of your life, like my speaking career and even like my magic career. I used a lot of the techniques that you showed me for magic, but yeah. also for reading people and keeping an eye and watching people. Yeah. If I was to ask you what you think the the most beneficial thing you would get out of martial arts, what what would that be? I know that's a massive question, but <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, ideally, uh, yeah, the the ideal is to master yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when you say you know kung fu master, what are you know master of what? Yeah. You know, what makes you a master hopefully you can master yourself and if you can uh you know that's perhaps the ultimate in life mm-hmm. yeah uh and you know in, in the end if you if that gives you peace of mind and uh, a quality life then you've done pretty well you've done better than most people yeah um, there's a lot of steps on the way there. Uh, so if we're kind of not aiming quite that high, um, you know, what, what I think is interesting, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of years trying to figure out people's motivations in martial arts, you know, why mm-hmm. do certain people do martial arts? And you know, my conclusion is that martial arts is absolutely about self-esteem. Yeah. And every human needs self-esteem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at people's life strategies, if you look at people's behavior, you know, it's generally driven by self-esteem. You know, they've all got their different strategies to achieve self-esteem. Uh, and doing a martial art is a it's a staged kind of uh, self-esteem course almost mm-hmm. um, you know and it really is broken down in a, in a typical kind of karate situation you know you do a little bit and it's relatively easy and you get your, your yellow belt and a certificate. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, a lot of pe people in the kind of medium levels of martial arts, you know, they're, they're just completely laughing at it. Okay? <laughs> you got to yell about, hey, you know, big deal. Um, yeah. That qualifies you to do what? But actually, at the time, you get that yellow belt, it's a massive step forward because, you, you know, you've got to do this test and you've got to go in front of all these people that really know what they're doing and they know how bad you are and you've still <laughs> got to do it. Um, and you finally, you know, after all that kind of the ordeal, you get your yellow belt and you're like, that's, that's just amazing, you know. Um, it's, uh, it's about building people's self-esteem. I remember the first grade and I did was in St. Joseph's Hall. You'd flown over and we did a weekend course and then you took me. Yes. Yeah. Took me aside and like I was just, I was the only one who had the uniform because it was the first course we did over here. And I'm standing in my uniform. You take, you asked me to find a room and I could just find this room covered in chairs. So we only had a wee space. And then like at this stage, we had known each other for a few months. So we talked a lot because once I find a mentor, I'm there all the time. How do I do this? What do I do here? What's this going on? And it was like, you just transformed into, like you may as well have been a dragon. And you're like, do your stance. Yeah. And my brain's like, oh shit, what's the stance? And then you, you get through it. And then once you say you, you've achieved the grade, it's like, for me, it was like being in a computer game. You just level up. You're like, yeah. I better, yeah. I better stand better now. I'm, I, I'm a level one now. I know the sum chain, and you get I strut into my class, and because um, that's when I started, yeah. I just wanted to be a fighter. I just wanted to be able to batter people. So I mm. thought, now this is it. And then I remember whenever you taught, you started teaching me the the second form, and you were like, the main thing here is a shuffle, and I was like, this is gonna yep. this is gonna blow people out of the water. Next time I'm sparring, I'm gonna be shuffles. They'll never get near me. So whenever you explain yeah. it, it's self-esteem, I had no, like yeah. if you had said self-esteem to me back then, I wouldn't even be able to spell it. I didn't have a clue about that. But when I look back, it's what, it's what kept me going. It wasn't the fact that now I, I could do this form or now I could do this lock or I was yeah. handling myself better in situations. It was that the situations, like it was probably about 10 years after doing martial arts where I realized what people meant by the more you learn, the less you do. I always thought that meant yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd be so amazing that I would just knock people out immediately. And then I realized, well, it's your demeanor, it's your stature, it's how comfortable you are talking. It's all of it. People don't want to engage with someone yeah. that like a baddie doesn't want to get in a fight. They want to attack somebody. Whereas if you come across like you're confident or, like I was a bit worse than most. I was up for the fight because I always wanted to know, well, does this stuff actually work? Which I would never advise for anyone watching or would I, who knows? But um, so I love the answer of self-esteem and not like what, if this was a martial, if it was like a Kung Fu sports club or a kickboxing sports club, it would be a, probably about comp competition or, or being competitive or being aggressive or whatever it is. But yeah. Basically, it just comes down to what people are searching for in, uh, from day one, which is yeah. to be to yeah. be better. Uh, so, what what's the next steps for you now? Where, where are you moving with the the online and the club? And like, yeah. if you could wave a wand, where would you see the whole plant? 
Well, uh, well, right now we're sitting here. <laughs> with, we haven't got any students because Thailand has closed its borders and no one can get here. Uh, so, you know, really we'd like to be back where we were before we had all this. But again, you know, we do have, we, we've got the online dimension as well. Mm. Uh, actually, uh, I don't have any ambition really to do any more than what I'm doing at the moment. I'd like the school here, the retreat to be a success, to be, you know, full of people. And I'd like to build up the online courses, the online membership. Uh, and get that really kind of functioning and becoming a, a family. And then my my objective is to pass on uh, the, the the art, the lineage to the next generation of of people. Um, you know, in the past I've had much bigger ambitions, um, and last year. Which really, I was really ready to set up Kung Fu Retreat Number Two in Portugal, and we went over there to the whole family over there for the second visit. And, uh, so in October, and ironically, almost before we had even left Thailand, my wife had decided it was not going to happen. You know. He is not going to do this. You are not doing this. It's a bad idea. It's an appalling idea. And uh, yeah, she's she's extremely good at getting her way. And um, it didn't happen. But it's a really good job. It didn't happen because mm. uh, yeah, you know, the way everything's gone, it would have been a colossal waste of all of our savings. Um, but I. I we had some very serious conversations um, and however good at you are at martial arts and fighting in general, uh, it, it doesn't help when your wife is, you know, uh, onto one of those kind of rents. Um, Strong, well. <laughs> and I, I agreed that, um, you know, this, I would not, you know, go off on any tangents like this again, and that you know, from now on I'll just be content uh, looking after the Kung Fu school here in Dubai. And that, that there won't be a number two, this is the only one. Uh, she was very much in favor of the online stuff. Um, and uh, so I'm now being a good husband and staying put here and looking after the school here. But actually, you know, she's right. Uh, because I'm not getting any younger, um, you know, kind of, it does. It does get harder as you get older mm -hmm. to to keep doing the stuff every day. Recovery time increases. You need more recovery between training sessions. Uh, so, on, on the kind of philosophical uh, level, you know, they say that. Uh, if you know when enough is enough, you'll always have enough. Um, you know, and I've done pretty well. I'm in a pretty good place here. Uh, and it doesn't make sense to, to 
keep driving forward and be too over, over ambitious. A uh, few more years to get the place back onto track, a few years to keep it ticking over really well and then kind of be gradually handing it over to the next generation uh, and then gradually you know, stepping back, giving the people more and more responsibility um, and hopefully, yeah. I love that. The idea of you saying that, now, uh, in my head, I'm just thinking about how the next generation could be someone that just watches this and decides, like now in lockdown, to jump on, yeah. on the online and, and train the yeah. online to your reopen. Yeah. Because people who are watching this could be in the same boat I was when I just found the magazine and thought, yeah. I had no idea, yeah. no clue, probably couldn't really spell Kung Fu, and just jumped at the chance. And it's taken me yeah. like, yeah. like my journey of my life from then to here in the last 20 years has been like, just like you said, you end up in some crazy situations, you, you meet some mm. amazing people. Like yeah. I very rarely now sit and have small talk conversations with people because I, I don't need to when people, like I'm at, yeah. when you meet them and they say, what is it you do? They're expecting the generic normal answer. And when you say, I'm a public speaker. My background is 20 years in martial arts, and I'm a professional magician and um, trainer. They 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 just light up because they're used, they're used to something else. So I yeah. just okay. sort of fills me with, with excitement that I could be someone watching this now. Going, I'm going to jump on the online bit. So I'm going to ask you two more things before we go, and then yeah. I definitely would like to get you on again because we like we've 20 years of speaking that we could do. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The first question is a self-indulgent one for me. I'm just asking everybody: if you had a superpower or were a superhero, what power would you have? You already have the power of kung fu, so. Ah. Uh, Nothing springs to mind. So uh, the answer I'm going to give you is this, that uh, I don't really feel the need to have a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm quite content with my life and, uh, you know, how it's going. Um, yeah, I... I I don't have any particular desire to have a superpower. Uh, if there was something that I wanted, uh, I would go out and get it. You know, and that's generally how I've lived my life. Um, as you know, well, you know, I can wash my face in broken glass and bend a sword on my neck and do all of this kind of stuff. Have uh, there's a, bit, there's a good video on YouTube of you cracking a big wooden baton over my private parts. Um, yeah. In recent years, you know, I've, I've become much more interested in uh, the mind game and mm -hmm. kind of getting into people's heads. And uh, But 
you know, generally speaking, the stuff that I want to do, um, I can do it. You know, I, I don't sit around dreaming about wouldn't it be great if I was kind of Superman and I could fly or project a laser beam out of my yeah whatever. Uh, you know, it's if I want to do something, I just get out there and do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, your answer fits with everything that you said. You you live it already. Super interested in life. You can do incredible things, and you achieve whatever it is you set your mind to, like having your own mountain side yeah. thing retreat. Um, so yeah, perfect answer. Uh, I just love asking it because it makes people really think about well, what is it that's and then, like you said, you're already you already had said you were content, and then when you thought about it, you were like, no, I'm actually content yeah. doing what I do. Yeah. Uh, the last one's an easy question: Where can people find you? I'll put all the links below anyway, but where's the easiest way for people yeah. to get in touch with you? KungFuRetreat.com, NamYangGlobalFamily.com. Um, yeah. And then Pretty Facebook, much, that's it. everything's the same, is there? Uh, on Facebook, if you go for Kung Fu Retreat, yeah, Kung Fu yeah. Retreat on Facebook, yeah. Or you can type my name in and you'll find me, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll put all the links to everything that, yeah. uh, I'll even put a link to the video where I get to hit you. Not often do people get to hit you. It, it, yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, it was a golden opportunity for you, wasn't it? To whack hey, somebody you, in the nuts with a great big lump of wood. Um, you were technically my boss at that stage as well as my uh, instructor. All the better, all the better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing quite like cracking the boss in the nuts, is there? Um, you were lying on broken glass, as far as I remember that day as well. Oh, I was indeed, on, I was yeah. indeed, yeah, yeah. That was uh, the Kung Fu movie. I'm just having these flashes now. Yeah, that's yeah. right. No, it was, it was, uh, the legend filmed of Sancho boxing. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then they, and then they cut it from the movie. What a waste. But, um, yeah, it's, it's still, and, and everything on this real, it's not kind of set yeah. up, uh, you know, as you know, it was real glass, real axe, real bits of wood. Um, yeah, but that was a quite a funny day, that one. I, I yeah, you, you probably remember it. So, uh, quite an amusing day. Yeah, we took over Brighton as baddie warriors or whatever we can't remember, whatever yeah, we, were. we were the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dragging yeah. people up Brighton Pier. Yeah, we'll get into that in the next one as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I got to let you go. So, thank you very much, Ian, for jumping on. Uh, really yeah. appreciate it, and I look forward to our next one. And to everyone who tuned Great. in, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, speak to you all soon. So thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Liam. Take care. Yeah.